of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 454-454. Jason Linger is with me and Owen Benjamin returns. Um, we've asked Owen on. We're actually doing what I called a double header. Uh, I pinged him. I said, hey, dude, let's do a double header. And he said, I'm with you. So we're doing a double header. Um, this is going to be the first episode. We're going to try to get it out in about two or three days, which bumps a few things. And then I'm going to go over onto Owen's platform and do a visit there. Part of the reason I wanted to do this is think back to some of the important episodes we've done where people are addressing the nonsense that is Covidius minimus. Actually, let's call it nonsense. Let's call it tyranny. Let's call it what it is. And ideas like maybe Fortune put forward that the only way that you're going to get around what's coming down the pike here and blocking anyway is his idea was what he explained is the new Jerusalem. To me, what the Bears have done is the closest to that that I've seen in a num- for a number of reasons, but the size of it. There's sparsely a day go by when I don't get an email from a Bear, when I don't see a Bear joining up at Crow 777 Radio, when I don't see Jason and Rose communicating with Bears. It is a big community, and here's the kicker. They're helping each other. There it is. There's the difference between possibly being able to weather what comes and not. It may come down to who you can get help from. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a beautiful good morning. And welcome back, Owen. Thanks for having me. And uh, shout out to Jason, too, for uh, performing at the Bertaria National Festival, the first ever. Everyone uh, loved it. And so I just wanted to uh, publicly say we really appreciate it. The only 60s guitarist I know that doesn't smoke dope. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) How does that work, man? I, I thought to play the fancy riff, she had to smoke dope. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> um, anyhow, what's been going on in your community lately? Is there anything that's been shifting in a, in a direction that's interesting? Or what would you yeah. bring up about now with your community? Well, it's a, it's a, it was just a major mental shift. And uh, me and my friend wrote something called the, the Trinity of Freedom that I can I can read in a little bit. Because it's all about the action out of something. And then like some of the mottos that we had, we started to get out of the death idea. You know, your show helped me understand that a lot more, that we're in a system that, that uh, glorifies and focuses on death versus life. And how many of these uh, slogans that people say are death-based, like a hill to die on. You know, we flipped it to a hill to grow on. You know, uh, it, we started saying uh, persistence is fertile you know, instead of resistance, <laughs> you know, like little, little tiny rhetorical things uh, would change the way we saw the world. And I was frankly, pretty sick of uh, resentment, you know? And so it's it, on the spiritual path, it's good to let things go. And I was um, at the height of my comedy game, you know, I was fresh off a sitcom on TBS. I had been in movies. I had toured as a headliner and it all got taken because of some of my stances on issues. I felt it was very, very unfair. And uh, I saw these sellout comedians using my jokes, you know, talking smack about me. And I was, I was pretty bitter. And then I, I just made a decision to not be bitter. I was like, and then, and then the world started opening up with like ideas that were just coming to me, like uh, that are definitely not my own, but I was like tuning into them. Like uh, you only control what you create. So I have no... I started seeing YouTube as a blessing. I'm like, oh, YouTube, you know, I can figure out how to how to change my car oil. I can I can quickly look up how to pick a lock that I, I can't find my key. Now, there's, there's uses to it. And I'm not going to try and do that uh, purity spiral and be like, oh, if they don't let me talk about what I want to talk about, because I, I, you know, I was kicked off YouTube, Airbnb, PayPal, everywhere, Twitter, everywhere. It was just a full digital execution. And then I'm like, uh, and, and with the help of a lot of good people around me, we just started realizing that, you know, you can create whatever you want here. Like this realm is incredible. And so we, we started off just by doing unauthorized.tv, me and my friend Vox Day, who's in Europe. And uh, it was a struggle. You know, we kept getting kicked off different things. And then we figured out who wouldn't kick us off and then how we build our own stuff. And, and then with the monthly... Um, you know, with, with a monthly cost, we can actually make a living and we don't need ad sales and blah, blah, blah. And so then we started our own social media, the Bertaria Times app, app.bertariatimes.com. 
where now there's uh, tens of thousands of uh, paid subscribers on there. And if you scroll through it, it's like what we always wanted social media to be, which is uh, it's our motto is the good, the true, the beautiful, where it's like people will post about what they're gardening, what they're building. And I, I've been kicked off my own platform a couple of times when I was first figuring out the vibe because I would set these rules and then I'd like want to make fun of someone in a mask or something. And that's not allowed there. Like there is no masks there. There is no vaccine debate. You know, it's like it's only what we're creating. And, and at first it was a tough thing to break, but um, the more we committed to it, the better. And then uh, we started making a magazine. We wanted to get off the digital. And so we started uh, the Bertari Times magazine and we're now on our third issue. And it's written by a lot of the guests on your uh, channel have written articles like, uh, you know, grounded extracts and people like that. And so it's like a magazine about what the world we want to be in. And so I felt like that was a, a major shift. And, you know, I, I milk goats every morning. We have uh, a four little kids, like a year round greenhouse and all this. Like my whole world is all about, um, building out of this stuff. And I still make fun of what I call grab or football, but we've reframed it to like a joke. Like they're there to amuse or entertain us. You know, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the the clips I do where it's playing the Monday night football thing where it's like, dun -dun 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 -dun. it's like the New York usury against the Tennessee Tavistock. Let's see. We got a great game, but false flag on the play, you know? And so it's reframed it so that we're not angry about all this stuff because the lies are getting so unbelievably it's like they're shameless amount of lying and so that's that's pretty much what we wanted to do and that's my story and things are going really well and so we, we did our first festival we're now crowdfunding to buy that land that we had on the festival and we've already reached the first goal to get uh 33 acres we, we like to do that how will that be used Owen? what's the intention Oh, the, uh, if you go to BertariaCampgrounds.com, we list all the intentions, but it's going to be the place where, you know, we don't have debt and we don't um, lease it. It's, it's going to be ours. And we have our festival there. And then we also, the, the donors can use it for, you know, hunting or having a wedding or all this stuff that we saw we're vulnerable to during uh, Covidius uh, Minimus, where, you know, that was the biggest eye-opening time. Like what, what, what levers and buttons do they have? And, and one of them was um, public get togethers or licenses and stuff like that. And so we wanted a place where we can have um, like homeschool get togethers and all that. And we picked Missouri. Uh, it's very inconvenient for me because it's 27 hours away, but it's convenient for the most amount of bears because um, it's right in the center. We actually bought land in Texas County, Missouri, which is exactly the county in the center of the population of America. So it's like right in the center. And so, you know, you always want to control the center of the chessboard. And, um, and so this land is absolutely beautiful. And, and the guy that we're buying it off of, we're buying 183 acres. It's um, no debt, you know, we're staying out of usury and it's uh, lease to own for the next four years. And we already have raised enough to, uh, to buy the first 33 acres. And we were making sure that the increments uh, make the numerologist uh, people get really excited. Like 33, we might buy 66. You know, one day we might be able to get 911 acres. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you noticed the occult value of being dead center. James Shelby Downer would have had a hell of a lot to say about the dead center of the landmass. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure in King Kill 33, he talks about that idea, the occult value, which has to do with magnetism, which in your case is perfect because all this is driven by intent. Yeah. Intent is the most basic foundation that you can sniff out to determine whether a thing's something you approve of or something you don't approve of. And in this case, to choose the dead center and to have the geomagnetic thing working for you, it's probably a big deal. But isn't it interesting how the censorship actually backfired on the people that wanted to shut you up? Isn't it interesting that that very censorship has basically forced you to build what you've built? 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most beautiful things about this realm is when they do tyranny, it's an offer. And I've learned a lot about that on your stream. And it's also an offer that can exponentially go the other direction, that, that they're always taking a risk uh, when they're doing this stuff. Because if someone isn't capitulating, if they don't accept the offer that, like for me, the offer was you're crazy, you're a former has-been comedian, uh, everyone hates you, and no one wants to hear what you have to say on Twitter. And I'm like, that's not true. I still... I know I can still perform. And so I did. I, I kept uh, performing in, in people's like barns and wood shops and stuff. We'd have like a thousand people in a wood shop is wild. And so, and I also just had that foundation where I knew it wasn't true. I knew that, that the offer that they gave me about who I am wasn't true. And so when I held the line, um, it, it backfired un unbelievably. And I, I see that happening all over the place. I, I really think that they had it budgeted in to keep doing, you know, COVID-20, COVID-21, all that stuff. And, uh, and I think enough people said no, that now we're seeing a, uh, a reaction, which is good. And, I, and ironically, given how people have attempted to paint me in the past, I'm a de-escalator. I always tell people to forgive the people that you think have wronged you because they're only hurting themselves more than they could ever hurt you and to not act like an animal. I'm going to get Jason in here so I don't bogart this whole thing, but it, it, isn't it interesting what the intent has done here? When, when I got started, I had a very particular audience. In other words, most people that were going to come be a part of what I was doing weren't really a part of too many other things here and there, some of them. But what I found over the time now, and I think it's partially spiritual, and I definitely think it's based on the intent, is what I'm finding is the people that come here are also bearers, many of them, to the point where I've made a conscious decision that if someone tells me they're part of this community or your community, I will help them in any way I can, because that is the basis and the value of what is going on here. Because sometimes when push comes to shove, the only difference between going down and being able to stand is who's going to help you out. Anyhow, Jason, you want to jump in on this? Well, I agree with all of that. That's for sure. I made a point when I was at Flattoberfest right at the beginning of my presentation on the Ufology movement to address the bear community. It was just very important to me. I didn't know how much uh, cross-pollinization was going on there from people attending that. And I found out one for sure was actually at Bertaria at the event. So that was great to see. But I keep trying to drive home just how important these concepts are. It's like, look, these are the folks doing it right. Like they're in my community. Uh, one just dropped me off eggs the other day, just because, uh, just because that kind of thing. So I'm trying very, very hard to uh, open up the general truther community, if you want to call it that, to these concepts because I have been there. I'm, I'm going out of my way to make sure that I can help and contribute and point out to everyone how important this is, that this is the way to defeat the system. It's it's not about fighting and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I like how you said that you're a de-escalator. That's just it. We're going to build the communities that we want to see. We're exactly. not going to be fighting and raging and all that kind of stuff and falling into that ridiculous red-blue narrative crap that they want to keep us in. So true, man. We really appreciate you saying that. A lot of people uh, told me that they heard you say that, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, one of the fundamentals. And a, a lot of people who were raised with maybe a crazy parent or got out of a really bad relationship or something, a main thing that you learn is you can't change other people. So one way you're trapped with like a, you know, a psychopathic parent is you're like, oh, oh, what can I do to make them change? And the reality is you can't. All you can do is what you can do and what you have control over. And I see that in the truther world and in a lot of worlds is, you know, I mean, obviously the right left paradigm does that all the time. It's it's half the country's fault why we have the current financial agenda. You know, it's it's crazy watching that happen. But the truthers can do that too. It's like we need, you know, so-and-so boogeyman of the week to change. We need them to stop. And they're not. They're not going to stop. They're, they're crazy. And so, uh, you know, it's like I need my dad to stop lying. Well, he's not gonna unless he chooses to. So it's up to me to figure out what I do with my life. And so... You know, a lot of truth is like, oh, did you see Bill Gates is buying all this farmland? I'm like, yeah, you should probably try and buy some farmland. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what they're going to do. And so what can we do? Or at least get to know someone with farmland because 
when you get into farming, you realize the ridiculous abundance of it. And so I tell people that they're like, oh, I, I live in an apartment. I can't get a goat. I'm like, just know a guy with a goat, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the best milk comes from your neighbor's cows, as the old saying goes, because uh, and that's pretty much it. And that's why the bear names at first people, I don't think quite get how fun it is. It's almost just like this fun thing that you do. But there's something profound about choosing a bear name. Because it's the first time someone actually names themselves and they think about like what they're giving to the world where it's like, you know, you have excavator bear and plumber bear and nighthawk bear and all these things. It's, it's like you start understanding what your value is. And that value isn't just a receptacle of fiat currency and poison. You know, that, that's why I'm very optimistic about the future is because I see how much like fractally exponential prosperity and value there is in the world that uh, is just a change in an in internal world and the way you see each other, you know? So much of what we're talking about is intent. The intent of the large, large numbers of people who have taken an interest in what you do, who have taken an interest in what I do and what it does. I don't know if you feel like I do, but as I go along at this, I am forced to step back and examine myself and say, hey, man, am I a fraud or am I authentic? I do it as much as I can think of doing it because the danger in this is that you buy into some fantasy or something that's not real to the point where, like I've even said this a couple of times, my maxim, and by the way, the last part of the maxim I live by right now fits the communities that I'm seeing helping each other. My maxim right now is love God with all your heart, be the best that you can be and help others selflessly. And in that, I realized that that is reflected back at me through all the people out there helping each other. And in some ways, the community that I built is able to actually meet and be more hands-on through your community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, naming it is is awesome too. I, I learned that from both Genesis, the, the book of Genesis and uh, the never-ending story. <laughs> you know, when the princess just wants a name. And so that's why we named it Bertaria because it's it's important to give something a name because that's what I realize a lot of the creeps or whatever people want to call them operate as all trademark. Like for example, I, I was listening to a World Economic Forum person say that they own the science, and something clicked in my head because I'm like I can usually tell if someone's lying, and uh, and I'm like that person isn't lying. So how do you own the scientific method? You know, it's a method. You can't own a method. And then I realized that it's probably a trademark. And then I looked into it and literally the science is owned by a guy named Ira Goodsaid. Uh, yeah, it's true. So the science is an owned brand. And I realized they do that a lot with ancient occultic uh, words, like they'll buy the word. And then, so when you Google it, everything is just that silly company and not the old stories. And, and I think they're doing that with science because the scientific method is really effective when you're trying to figure out the material world, you know, with the, the controls and the tests and the hypothesis and the theories and all that. But they keep saying nonsense. And it's only nonsense when you don't understand that they literally trademark words and change them, like what they do in Black's Law and all that. They do it all the time. And so um, I'm like, okay, so we have to name something that they don't uh, make a claim on. And so from there, you get to, I've experienced zero censor, what should I call it? Zero persecution in the world of Bertaria, which is hilarious. Uh, it's like, uh, because one, it's very clean and we don't focus on what, quote unquote, they are doing at all. And also it's a name without any claims on it. And so you can get the app at the Apple store or Google or anything. And we, uh, we don't collect anyone's data. I was listening to uh, your streams about that. We made it a point that that wasn't something we would do. So our app doesn't collect any data. And yeah, it's been fascinating because, you know, my full name is Owen Benjamin Smith. And there's an Owen Smith comedian. He's this, uh, he's this tall black dude. He's been on Rogan a few times. Pretty funny guy. So when I first started doing stand-up, uh, I wasn't allowed to be in the Screen Actors Guild Union because Owen Smith was already in there. So they're like, okay, uh, do you have any other name idea? I'm like, no. And so I just used my middle name. And I was talking to, I think, my wife about this. I'm like, if you Google Owen Benjamin, you can see all kinds of slanderous you know, media attacks and all this. I'm like, but no one's ever come at Owen Smith. You know? <laughs> 
Owen Smith has a clean media record. Owen Smith has no police record. Owen Smith is like, you know, and I'm like, that's how this works. And off air, and we can talk about it maybe an hour or two, but, uh, you know, me and uh, Ye, you know, the artist formerly known as Kanye West have oddly become friends recently. And, you know, him and Prince and a lot of these other people, when you see these name changes, a lot of times it has to do with uh, contracts. You know, it has to do with um, your interaction with the beast. Because for all of the evil of the beast and for all of the just the scummy nature of it, they do operate with this like legalistic contract based claim based stuff. It's like this, you know, loophole contract based world. And so one of the main things to do is rebrand, rename, you know, or create a name outside of their control. And so that's why we did Beartar. That's why we do Bear Names, because it opened up people to talk freer on the Internet, you know. Curtis Robinson might not be able to say something on the internet, but you know, skyscraper bear can, you know? And so that it's all these little things that can help people get out of, um, get out of hell. It's so funny. You should say that, you know what I'm thinking about all this name stuff and you started in the right place, right? Genesis. God says, Hey man, you go out and name all these things. You're in charge now. Yeah. But what do you think's being said? Like when you watch those old mob movies, someone always says, don't give it a name, Vinny. Now you know what that means because right. until someone gives it a name, but that's exactly what we're talking about. But the, the scientific method you were laying down, have you thought about grabbing that book I told you about? Oh, I have it written down. I haven't gotten the book yet though, but I'm going to send it to you because it's exactly what you were saying. It was a guy just so everybody knows, there's a guy named Alan Kardec. That's with a K. It ends in C. And he was a scientist and a school teacher. And in that time, and I think it was Paris, there were all the salon things where people were coming in to talk to the spirits and the table was floating around the room. And he said, I've had enough of this nonsense. I'm going to bring scientific method to these floating table nonsense. And he gets in there and he realizes something's going on. And the reason I appreciate the book is because he takes true scientific method. He wants to find out if there's anything to this spirit thing. So he picks like four or five countries with four or five different mediums. And each one of them asks the exact same question. One of the first questions is, what is God? And they got the same answer back on uh, each of them. So I thought it applied to what you're doing, but I think it's ironic that Kanye is uh, taking a little tip from Prince there because that was absolutely about being slaved out contractually. And I can imagine in Prince's case, it was probably don't have that much money, not living in the best part of, hey, kid, you want to be famous? Sign this. You know, isn't exactly. that isn't that how yeah. it starts so often? And then later down the road, you are known and you want to do something. They say, oh, look at this thing you signed, you know, and you're all slaved out for it. We've addressed the idea of this in so many legal episodes, and it had not occurred to me that the bear naming was a riff on that, which I appreciate, by the way. Yeah, no, the naming thing. And Michael Jackson spoke out about that, too, and all kinds of people. And that's why I'm it's it's cool that I have a little influence with uh, Yay these days, because, you know, I'm giving him an interesting perspective of like, you know, he's at a position where he's so famous and so. Uh, has so much energy surrounding him that if he takes that road of creating his own stuff, it could be really incredible. And uh, and so because they only control what they create. And when I realized that, you know, they'll set up these systems, these matrixy, and make you think, not make you think, you choose to think it, but they make an offer for you to think that that's the whole world. And so within that world, they can be so tyrannical because they did create it. Like they did make Twitter. I didn't, I didn't name Twitter. I didn't uh, do the code of Twitter, any of that. And so the big uh, scam is they get you to think that's the only place you can have a social media and that, you know, the first amendment is being threatened because, you know, Twitter won't let you speak out, but it's, it really is like a little tiny app with a code. And I realized something interesting about the public-private situation when I was being blackballed and for stuff that is now mainstream that we can maybe reference now or two, but things that are not, at the time, made people's heads spin, but now it's like everywhere, you know? And I can even give you some of the examples of the jokes that got me kicked off Patreon and all that. My problem was I just would uh, be way ahead of the schedule on the PSYOP. You know, I would make fun of a certain situation while it was happening. And now that the op is over, 
it's fair game and everyone can re try and salvage their credibility by referencing things from five years ago. But anyway, so when I tour these, these theaters, you know, I saw through the, the capitalism myth where everything's about money. It's, it's not, it's about control. And so even if I would rent out a theater, like I'd give them $3,000. Oh, I get the theater. I sell my own tickets. No problem. The last minute over and over city after city, they'd say, you know, we, we can't have you here. We've done our research and you're not, you're the bad man. And this is, and for those of you that don't know, I have no legal history problems at all. I've never even been accused of a misdemeanor. I'm a married guy with kids. I've never, even in my darkest truther times, never encouraged violence, nothing like that. And, and these theaters, you know, the week after me would be like, you know, a rapper called like bullet in the head or something. Like it was just, there was no, <laughs> there was no moral basis for the claim. And so the one, so two places I saw were the hyper private, you know, like uh, people's barns, people's businesses, people's warehouses, and then the public, you know, when Pittsburgh and I was on a sitcom, Sullivan and Son set in Pittsburgh before I'd, I've literally been on the 50 yard line doing the terrible towel twirl with the Steelers when, because of my quote unquote racism, which is, I can get into that in the next hour. It's about how the artist formerly known as Kanye West is now seeing these hilarious patterns. It's, it's a protection racket. You know, when you're in that, when you're under their control, you can say whatever you want, but as soon as you're out, everything's all right. Anyway. So the one place I could have a show was the public library because the, the government still does follow the first amendment. And so public libraries, public places, they, they, they can't ban you. You know, unless you're actively encouraging violence against an individual. And so that really, because I was teetering on libertarian, you know, ANCAP ideas of like, oh, the government's tyrannical, all this. It's way deeper than that. And then I started looking into the central banking and all this stuff. But I authentically had this journey where I got to experience these realms, you know, from going from Hollywood you know, through the neocon level of like Dennis Prager and Crowder through the next level, through the next level, as I kept seeing the frauds and how no one could even admit that the moon landing looked suspicious, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought we were the, the ones telling the truth. And now I'm finally to a place where it's like, I'm not going to try and change anyone else. And my community or our community is thriving in this uh, mindset where it's like, and um, I, I wrote this thing, if, uh, you know, if you guys want to respond to what I just said, but I also have like an idea that I think could help your listeners. So I do want to respond. So were you suggesting when you were booking your own venues and I'm going to make a revolver reference here, uh, Mr. Gold called up? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it really is like that. It really is like that. There's, there's a level of control. That in every city, in every theater, and, and the one thing that, that they all had in common is they're all in some form of debt. There was one theater in Indiana that let me perform there and they held and didn't buckle. And the one thing that they did is they outright owned it. And so that's when I started realizing, that's why my family lived in a barn for two years. We built it. Did they house. get pressured though, Owen, the place oh, that yeah, they, yeah. Buckled, they told you that they were getting phone calls or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they all get the phone calls. And there's different layers of phone calls. So it starts with, you know, I'm a, I, I like your theater, but I can't go because you're, you're having like, this guy is going to ruin your reputation. So very soft. And then I'll go to the next level and the next level until it might be like your bank or something. And it's, it's interesting. And it, it is on a spiritual level. It's mis the Mr. Gold thing is real. And so the people that are either out of debt or have like a, a strong enough community where they're not afraid. Because everybody that didn't comply, because there's been other people that, that haven't complied, nothing happens. I've never had a protest. I've never had an incident. When I do shows, I, I haven't toured in a bit because, uh, you know, I want to be here with my kids. But uh, people leave very happy, all kinds of demographics. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a total illusion. And, you know, people watch, who watch the news are like, oh, if we have Owen, Antifa will come or something. Nonsense. Never. I could be in the heart of Manhattan and there would never be a protest because the protest would bring attention to me and then people would see what I'm saying isn't actually hateful. And so that's why their best move at this point 
is to pretend I don't exist, which is uh, I'm fine with, to be honest with you. Well, in this country, one of the last bastions of being able to say things that mattered was done through comedy. And you can look back to the 60s and the 70s and you can see the vice grips starting to tighten. Right. You see the people like George Carlin. He had his brushes where he would say what he said. But you could tell the further up we came that they had to do something about comedy, because the truth is, is when something becomes a joke. It's no longer tenable. So really, the comedian had so much, what will we call it, public input because they're making a joke so they could address things that matter in a laughable way. But the point is, is when that topic becomes the butt of the joke, it's no longer tenable in the real world. And that's the problem the bad guys are going to have. And that's why they usually buy off the comedians, because uh, I was, you know, I did Joe Rogan three times in a year. Like he was attempting to gatekeep me looking back. And he got $200 million, not because he's so darn funny, you know, it's because his whole job is to gatekeep exactly what you said. So before they did the 2020, you know, 319 fun show, they needed everyone on board. And so that's why they're overpaying comedians now so absurdly, like, uh, you know, guys that would open for me and, and be terrible will get $5 million from Netflix or all that, you know, um, South Park got a billion dollars in 2019. And looking back, I see why it's they isolated all the people that they knew would see through it. Joe Rogan in 2009 was tweeting about the side effects of vaccines. So he knew he 100 percent knew. And so you you see these comedians that would mock the the mass, mock the, all that, and they would they would throw just insane amounts of money at them. And I'm, I was unviable because, you know, I'd have Rogan call me and, and give me these like pep talks about how I'm throwing away my career and think about my children and think about my family. But really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So do you, do you feel like that was a directed code? Do you feel it was your good buddy, Joe Rogan looking out for your best interests? Or do you suspect that he was pushed to try to get you to come to your senses? It's both. I don't think these people have any actual friends because in that realm, you can't have any trust because everyone's a snake. But I think they did genuinely think I was acting crazy because in their world, you say what gets you more money and eyeballs. That's it. And they know that. And so if there's a topic that will give you less money and less attention, you stop saying that. And if you don't, and if you don't go with that, they, they perceive that you're actually crazy. Like there's an organic element to it where they're like, no, but what, what you're saying, because I saw what happened is then after I got out of the, of basically in poverty where I was doing tree work again, not poverty, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, and now I started building up my following again. And, um, not, not that I didn't have the following, but building up my ability to live stream with private methods and, I started, you know, it became obvious I was like making a a good living. They then started, a few of them started acting like it was this brilliant branding move to get more money. And I'm like, your your entire world frame is based around money. Mine isn't. Like, it really isn't. Like, I see money as as a result or byproduct or a reflection of service if you're doing your job properly. But these people, their entire world is based on how much money they can get. And then the question is, how much is enough? Like, so you need, you have $200 million and you need more. And then I realized it's not even their money. It's like, look what's happening to yay. It's like the minute you step out of bounds, they'll take it back. They'll like come up with all these crazy lawsuits or they will, it's never actually your money. You're, you're always in a lot of debt. That's why they also push this insane materialistic lifestyle to keep you in unpayable debt. So that at no point can you sit on top of the mountain and just, you know, make fun of them. Debt is slavery. Just to be clear, everybody, debt equals slavery. Right. And Kanye said that. He said slavery is a choice. And a lot of people got really offended. And I, I, I sent him that a clip of what I call Builder Buddies, which we're doing apprentice programs where... Uh, where, you know, like a young guy can can work with, with somebody and they eat what you eat and you provide them with a place to live and that's it. No money or debt is exchanged and they can leave anytime they want and all that. It's basically like how economics works outside of a central bank. 
Like we're just trying to do that now. Like we don't need the central bank to fail. We just want to start doing that. And I sent that to Yay, and I was like, dude, you're 100% right about slavery being a choice. And I, we can talk about it an hour or two, but I've worked through exactly how they try to break uh, the slave that speaks out. So I want to cover this. I want, don't put a thumbtack in that. I want to bring it up an hour or two, but uh, I will offer your friend Kanye, if he seriously wants to go the other way, I would recommend he listens to the KL episodes and he reclassifies Yeah, because I used Prince as an example a bunch of times. And part of why I used him was because he was such a dead on representation of cymatics, color, gender, all these things. He just so perfectly represented. But the, the big thing was when he got tired of being slaved out by contracts and he went so far as to change his name into a symbol. Nobody can pronounce. That was one tack he took. Well, yeah. people like Kanye, anyone listening? Go listen to KL, because if you're true and, and you're actually about what you, what it appears you're about, you should know about that. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving's doing the same thing. Kyrie Irving was what I called him the hero of COVID. I, I said that, you know, he's this basketball player and he wouldn't take the vaccine because I know for a fact that a lot of the marquee basketball players, you know, he's like a hundred million dollar guy. He's huge. They were given the offer that they would just say they took the vaccine, but they never took it. And I could give a list, but you know, it's, it's crazy how many athletes um, just didn't take the vaccine, but see Kyrie did something different out of love for his community. He said he wasn't, and he was showing that you don't have to, and that was a problem for them. And so uh, that, that was actually the sketch that got me kicked off Rockfin. I'm actually back on Rockfin now, which is hilarious. We got We got to talk about that. So let me see if I remember correctly. If I remember correctly, the guy who was running Rockfin actually got together with you right before you were booted off Rockfin. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us what happened. Cause I got no, it's actually saying. a great story because it's the first time there's been a replatforming that I've ever seen. So I did this sketch where I was depicting Shaq and, uh, the Smith, that guy, um, something Smith on ESPN and how they were talking down to Kyrie as if he was a slave. And so I'm doing these caricatures where it's like, come on, Kyrie, you got to take the back. Come on, Kyrie. And then Shag was like, come on, Kyrie, you do what they tell you. <laughs> and so I'm doing these, um, these, but, but there's obviously a lot of strong language in there. And it was in defense of Kyrie Irving, but there's, you know, you, you could look at that and be quote unquote offended. Although, you know, Kanye loved it. So I don't know who that who I'm supposedly offending. It sure isn't quote unquote black people. It's sellouts of all of all colors. Anyway, so Martin from Rockfin, uh, we we started talking. And we got in this huge fight because he it was so funny. We should play the audio. Uh, so so we uh, so he thought that I was an actual like anti semite, like that I actually hated groups of people, and I was. I wouldn't say offended. I try not to get offended, but I don't consider myself that in any way. And he was very surprised at that. He thought I was going to be like, because he had just heard little snippets that were, you know, Mr. Gold had called uh, Rockfin. I'm not kidding. This happens to me all the time. And isolated a few clips to make it look like I was something I wasn't. And then, so we made this funny video in response. So I get kicked off Rockfin. I'm telling Martin it's a bad call, but I'm not upset. Because it was one of the first times in my deplatforming history that I didn't feel like my back was against the wall, like that I was being attacked. I'm like, oh, well, you know. So, but wait a minute. So he was in communication with you to try to suss out whether you deserve to be on Rockfin. Is that what was going on? Yeah, well, he he was going to kick me off Rockfin, but he had the... the Common decency, I guess. The decency, right? yeah, to talk to me. And that's why I like to... We stayed in contact even after the deplatforming because... I didn't have a fear response. It was kind of like, because in the past, honestly, I, I would, you know, I would fail the gum jabar test. I would act like an animal <laughs> and I no longer do that. And so I'm like, Hey man, like uh, you leveled up, Owen, you, you realized the mistake of the reaction before and you knew not to do that now. And you got a different response. Of course. Yeah. I used to like the, the Dune reference of the gum jabar. Like I would have been the one who pulled my hand out and punched someone in the face. Like, and now I don't like, I get it. I'm like, Oh, I don't need to react that way. I, I'm just like, I, and I did honestly look at Martin and be like, dude, you're making a bad mistake. Like your brand is based around quote unquote free speech. 
And a lot of people know me, dude. Like they know I'm not, I'm like one of the reasons they have a garden and a family. I'm like, not exactly um, this angry dude, you know? And so, but he still stuck to it. And so then we made this funny video called if it's okay with Martin from Rockfin, where every background you can think of, like my listeners are actually incredibly diverse. Like it was funny. Like we'd have some Jewish listeners because the claim was that I was, um, I was anti-Semitic or something. And it would be like, uh, hi, I'm Martin. And he would talk about how it's his right to laugh at my Jewish jokes. And then the, the constant thing was, uh, if that's okay with Martin from Rockman. Um, and it was, and so we released that. I sent that to him. He laughed, but I was still banned. And then like a months later, he texts me like, Hey man, I know you don't want to come back, but we're going to reactivate your account. I'm like, of course they'll come back. I don't hold any resentment. So, so, but wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you have any idea how long that do you have any? So I'm assuming that you implied Mr. Gold called the first time when you got deplatformed. do you feel like Mr. Gold called? Yes. On okay. some level, there was pressure from, you know, and Mr. Gold comes in all different forms. It's just Mr. Gold knows how to turn the screws of fear in people, you know? And so it worked the first time and now it doesn't because, you know, I have some theories. I think that Mr. Gold is losing his ability to leverage because the world's getting so uh, silly and absurd that people know they have to build their own thing. Like I want Rockfin to succeed, you know? And if you're going to do that, you have to have people that people want to watch because all of this stuff is to eliminate competition. So if people accept, like I'm a, a guy that people enjoy watching and I can, and I'm not actually breaking any laws. And so, you know, Mr. Gold wants any competition to YouTube or any of that to self-destruct and it's always an offer. And so any, all these platforms that want to play ball and want to just neuter their content, so no one's mad at them. They'll all fail. Like, why would anyone go to Rockfin if it's just a, a form of YouTube without, you know, the millions of hours of how to fix a tire, you know? But the point is, is that Mr. Gold probably did call and that's a telling thing. And by the way, Owen, so we're referencing a movie called Revolver, which I brought up, I don't know, months ago. Tell folks who Mr. Gold is, or do you want yeah, me to I, tell I mean, them? Revolver, guy, Revolver's an awesome movie. It's so good. And I, uh, I sent that to my buddy who's a, a, Navy, a former Navy SEAL is now like in Africa with a shaman and trying to work through like a boga and, and like his ego and all this. And I sent that to him. He's like, that's exactly it. He's like, you got Mr. Gold in your head. So I don't know. Do we want to reveal the movie's ending? But Well, no. What I'll say is this. From my point of view, the movie is way too violent, but the message is so important that I will still recommend you tolerate the violence. When you have watched the movie, you're going to sit down, you're going to think about it, and then you're going to want to send me one single email. And in that one single email, you're going to ask me, who is Mr. Gold? <laughs> am, am, am I right? Owen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I got so many of them. So we are pointing out that a phone call, in fact, is being made. But if you watch the movie, and this is a, a spoiler, if you don't want to hear what I'm going to say, plug your ears right now, Mr. Gold doesn't exist. Okay. He's a figment of your imagination, but nonetheless, I'm not saying that someone didn't pick up a phone and call. You'll just have to put it together. Anyhow, I kind of got us off on a tangent. So he decides um, the illustrious Owen Benjamin can return to Rockfin. Does he give you any inkling? Does he, I mean, what's the mind change? Is he needing revenue (laughs) and he knows he can get some of it back with you? What's going on? I think the world is changing a bit. I think that with the, I mean, I know Elon Musk is the definition of a uh, puppet on a stage, but it does reflect. And what he's doing at Twitter is nonsense, obviously. Yep. But it does reflect a shift in uh, collective consciousness because at least it means they have to do that because people are starting to not engage. You know, I think the whole Roe v. Wade thing was just to get people to vote in the midterms. Like, I, I don't think people are engaging enough with uh, the beast. Like CNN, no one's watching it. Twitter, it's like 90% bots at this point. And so to get, because the, the, the shills and the gatekeepers, like they, the sellouts, they have to navigate the tightrope of truth and the lie. Like it's like two truths and a lie. And so there is this desire and need to keep people 
engaged. And the only way to do that is something authentic. Authenticity is the only actual value on the internet is authenticity. And so, um, and so I think that he wisely sees that because his company depends on that. But why the change, Owen? Do you have any insight? Does your heart tell you? Do you have something? Why do you get any sense of why now? Why, you know, why didn't he just stick to what he did? Um, I don't know. I think just that overall, I think that things do operate in waves and synchronicities where you start seeing like little changes all over the place and it just magnifies into something bigger. And I think a lot of these companies is okay. Like one, one factor is I think the, the free money debt system is, is pulling back into a bear market. You know, the, the, how funny is that? It's called a bear market, like literally for the bears. And so you have the bull market where debt's cheap, it's exploding, everything's shooting up. And then the bear market, the waters pull back and you see who actually has value. And I function great in a bear market, you know, because I have no debt, no sponsors, no outside funding, like nothing. It's only uh, customer based. It's like if someone thinks it's interesting, they can tip me or they can subscribe. And so for me, like the stock market and the free money system doesn't affect me in any way. But other, some of these other companies, they can make terrible decisions when Mr. Gold is pumping them full with um, pumping them full of uh, uh, free debt money. And now that now that the interest rates are going up and that's pulling back, I think more and more people are like, I have to actually sell something. I have to actually make my my customers um, happy. And it clearly wasn't a good move to ban me. It's like nobody was like. Finally, the hate is gone. Like it just was so stupid that over time, I think also because I didn't personally attack him like I would in the past. Like you know, I can be scrappy, and if I feel like someone's coming at me, I can uh, you know go back twice as hard. And this time, I I didn't, and it was because I didn't feel I had to, and I I just I don't know. And I think that probably helped. <laughs> you know, it, someone just wrote a, a quote from the historical St. Germain, the only things you take to heaven are the things that you give away. Yeah. And what is, what is the CEO's name of Rockfin? Uh, Martin. Martin, this crow triple seven. Maybe you should take a look at the movie revolver and I'll give you a tip that tells you how important this movie is. There are two versions. One is slightly shorter than the other. You want the longer version because the keys to the kingdom that you're not able to figure out on your own, or some people are not able to are included in the outro. And in the little cut-ins they do with psychiatrists and other people. Yeah. So check out the movie and everyone listening, grab the longer one because the keys that you would have to put together on your own are basically handed to you in the longer version. And Crow 777 doesn't often recommend movies. So <laughs> no, this is a big this this is a big deal. Owen and I actually talked about this. Well, I think I don't know, it was like eight months ago. I think I, I mentioned it like some time ago. And so yeah. people took an interest and checked it out. And the people who are thinking people, a lot of them email me back, but you and I ended up talking about it for a while. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And if people want to, you can always just fast forward through the violence. It's uh, I've actually figured out how to do that quite efficiently. Like I'll watch something. And as soon as the music kicks in of trauma, you can just click, click, click and just go. Cause it, it's never part of a plot. Like you don't need to see people get shot. Right. But the movie storyline is unbelievable. I mean, it's Andre 3000, Andre Benjamin and um, best role ever. Yeah. Best he role ever. Crushed it because he had that, he had that detachment, but like subtle, soft gratitude and joy that made that character just pop. A knowing demeanor, I would call yeah, Andre, yeah, exactly. Andre Benjamin. He has that knowing demeanor. And what you've got to realize is these are big ideas. They're important ideas and they're true ideas. But don't get confused by the narrative. Don't get confused by the yarn that's delivering. As a matter of fact, I will go so far as to say that one of the main keys is the elevator scene where the main character, I think his name's Jake, maybe. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, Jake is in the elevator. And what you see there is you can reference it to Rudolf Steiner. Rudolf Steiner tells you the truth when he talks about the human double. The book that I recommended by Alan Kardec is called The Book of Spirits. 
that's a pseudonym or a nom de plume for the writer. But what he is laying down about his true scientific investigation of spirits meshes perfectly or nearly perfectly with what Rudolf Steiner said. And then when you know all that and you see something like Revolver and you swallow hard when the when the ultraviolence comes, there's things worth knowing there. Well, I got I got a story about uh, about like demons and, and spirits like is uh police will tell like I have a SWAT bear, you know. Who was on the SWAT team? Like that's how we name ourselves. Yep. He told me that he started getting really back into Christianity and spirituality because he'd keep going on calls with people that were on a ton of methamphetamines or whatever, and they all described the same shadow people. And he's like, it didn't make any sense according to our synapses are just firing away. He's like, they all were describing the same realm. And he's like, something was was just profound about that, that they there all had the is. same green eyes. They all behaved the same. Like a lot of these meth addicts didn't even want to take the meth. Like they, they, they really are kind of like victims. Like they just, they want it to stop, but they, they just feel like they have to. That's why it's called being under the influence. And, <clears throat> and uh, he's like, those are spirits, man. He's like the amount of, similarities. I, I had this dude, Arto Survival. You guys might want to talk to him. Really an interesting guy. I did a stream with him um, about um, about the demon realm. He used to uh, do a lot of crack and sell a lot of crack growing up. He actually grew up in like a very affluent Jewish family and got really into, uh, into crack. And so when he was in those realms, he, he was like, there really are demons. Like there's like hierarchies to them and they're there. And so that's, it really motivated him to get clean. And now he helps people do wilderness survival, but that stream. So I do that stream. And then all these people are writing to me like, dude, I've seen that demon. Like I know that demon. And a lot of people that claim to be schizophrenic or they're called schizophrenic are just kind of like in that realm. Get the book Owen. get the book by Alan Kardec. Most people don't know this about me, but where I grew up, was the very town where methamphetamine was invented and released out into the public by the Hells Angels. That's where I grew up. What you're talking about is real. I probably, and this is firsthand, I am not guessing. I guess we could use demon to describe it, but I think what I've learned since is better. There are spiritual influences. Some of them are not good, but here's the thing that I've come to accept. If you put on and put out good positive vibes, you resonate with the positive spiritual world. If you don't, if you slum, if you drug, you're going to vibe. Well, you know, it's the same thing in a city. If you go down to the slums where everyone's doped out in a city, they don't go uptown to where all the, you know, the uppers, it's separated. It's like that. And you attract these things. But we're, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Jason, anything you want to get in? So let's get into the end of hour one here. All the places that people can go to find your work, Owen, as well as if they want to learn more about the bear community and interact with them. Let's get all of those sites, all those places mentioned, please. Yeah, so app.bertaritimes.com, or you can get the app uh, wherever you get apps. And it's um, it's our social media. And you can check it out. I think there's a two-week period where you don't have to buy it. So we wanted to make sure that everybody that's there likes it. And um, also unauthorized.tv is where my whole catalog is. I make sure that I, I put up my streams every day for free. If anyone wants to see them, like uh, bitshoot.com, I think it's slash Owen Benjamin, or I'm on Odyssey, Rumble, all that fun stuff. I'm My my mirrors on YouTube get deleted within two days. We think that they they have bots now that recognize my voice. Cause I could literally read a soup recipe and they'll take me off YouTube. But, uh, and so BertariaCampgrounds.com If you want to check out what we're doing in Missouri and the Ozarks and then off the app, you can get on the maps, which you can find bears in your area. You can go to uh, meetups, all kinds of fun stuff. So that's, those are the main places that, that we've built up. And then ladle.tv we're building up an alternative to Instagram where it's uh, like the verb is going to be the ladle. Because uh, the app is completely clean, but there's a lot of, you know, truther types that want to put up some videos about interesting stuff. So we're still building up ladle.tv. That's a, that's like a, a passion project there. So if you want to check that out, that's pretty cool. And then unbearablesmedia.com. If you want to check out all the great creations of bears, like we have a lot of cartoonists, a lot of musicians, 
And so uh, they kept getting deleted everywhere. And I'm, I mean, this stuff's better than Disney, you know, when it comes to quality. And, um, and I realized it's not because anyone's offended. It's because they are like my, my guys can outcompete Comedy Central. And so they pretended, oh, everyone's so offended, but they no, it's not about offense. These people are disgusting. And so, but, you know, if you want to watch some really good comedy, unbearablesmedia.com. And so those are some good spots. Let's be sure that we get all your links together to go on the top comment under the, the logged in show when this goes live. I usually put it out at 9 a.m. That's three hours earlier for you. If you just want to put your links together and mail them off to Rose, we'll post them for you. But I'll send you an email the morning this goes live, which will be this Sunday. Cool. Awesome. We're going to fast track this out. So this will actually go out on the 13th. So I will email you that morning for you to get all your links so people can find your stuff. As we wrap up, you know, I kind of feel, or maybe I should say, I hope that the ideas that we cover here in some small way help to fuel what's going on in your community. These are days that are going to be remembered in yeah. the future. When people look back, they're going to, you know, you want to know when the real ground zero was the real ground zero started in 2020. Uh, and that is based on what we do as a populace to decide what's next and communities like we have tried to build like Owen is building, they're viable. And I think they represent real hope. Anyhow, there is hour one of episode 454. I'd like to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. And I hope to see you over at crow777radio.com for hour two for the full member episode. By the way, members get Shoot the Moon two-hour film free. It has won 10 awards. There it is, man. Cheers.